I don't think I ever in my own mind think anybody's a villain. Well, he may have his very human side. He may very be very kind to his family. Yes. But in his business, <clears throat> illegitimate, yeah. he may be quite ruthless. Mm. One's got to know these people. You can't invent them. You don't find any, anyone, really. It's all bad. The June 17th issue of Billboard magazine reviewed the first Marlowe episode. It was noted similar shows were expected to pull a rating of 7.5. Billboard stated that Milton Geiger's adaptation adhered to Red Wind's language almost to the letter and captured most of the colorful, almost poetic flavor. There was a rough desert wind blowing into Los Angeles that evening. It was one of those hot, dry Santa Anas that come down through the mountain passes and curl your hair, make your nerves jump and your skin itch. On the debit side was the enormity of the job breaking down Chandler's complex plotting within the 30-minute limit. The program galloped through the first 15 minutes as the action unfolded. The second half pace slowed down to a crawl, however, as everyone desperately strove to clarify the proceedings. Repeated conjecture and explanation of the cast's intricate relationships unfortunately had confusion rampant by the end. The reviewer was quick to point out that even films found that 90 minutes was hardly enough to cram in all of Chandler's ideas. Perhaps shorter stories would prove more suited for the air. Their flair for mood and language certainly is hard to surpass. Most writers wouldn't have a killer cynically say this to his victim. All right, you other guys. Don't move. So long, Waldo. All right, don't move, you two. Oh, Waldo. But I made his nose bleed. So long, boys. Drink up. The commercials were harsh and repetitive, stressing that pepsinant is preferred three to one by American families. Foot, cone, and building seems to be trying its lucky strike technique on the dentrifice. It's a three-to-one bet that the incessant three-to-one chatter becomes as notorious as LSMFT. Now families all over America have named their favorite toothpaste, new Pepsodent with Irium, new fresh-tasting Pepsodent with a new cool minty flavor. It's the three-to-one favorite over all other toothpastes. It's true. With families all over America, new Pepsodent is the favorite three to one. On the lead, Billboard stated, Heflin's emoting in the role of the tough guy with a heart was effective, with excellent character projection. Loreen Tuttle, as the woman in the case, put on her usual good performance. Producer James Fonda struggled valiantly to keep the pace level, but was handcuffed by the urgency of the story. You had an appointment with him, didn't you? Listen, he asked for you, didn't he? Yes, I had an appointment with him. He'd stolen something from me when he left three days ago. I was going to buy it back from him. Why didn't you tell the police? I couldn't tell them. It was valuable, wasn't it? Valuable enough for Waldo to steal? $15,000. Oh, it's peanuts. But it wasn't the value. It meant something to me. The man I love gave it to me, and now he's dead. He was a flyer shot down over Germany. I'll go back and tell my husband that. He probably hired you. He did? How much is he paying me? And uh, where is this husband of yours? He's at a meeting. This late at night? He's a very important man. He's a hydroelectric engineer. I'll have you know that my husband oh, is one of the... skip it. I'll take him out to lunch sometime and have him tell me himself. The script contained an inside joke. 
The name of Lola's dead lover was changed to Johnny Dalmas, the name of the original detective in Chandler's Red Wind, before the story became Marlowe's. I said to myself, to the memory of Johnny Dalmas, just another four-flusher. Chandler thought it was flat. Van Heflin was too recognizable. He didn't like picturing Heflin's face emoting Marlowe's lines. Earl Stanley Gardner told Chandler the show's plot and narration moved too fast to be understood. There was a bigger argument at stake within the industry. Were summer replacements a worthwhile investment? Sponsor Magazine claimed that it cost advertisers money to take a 13-week hiatus. It was money lost in the form of lower summertime ratings. But you couldn't just blame it on summer replacements, though. For example, Bob Hope's 46-47 rating was 27.6, but his combined rating for June and September 1947 was 14.4. People spent more time outdoors in warm months. It didn't matter what was on the air. Plus, there was still no way to effectively measure car radio ratings. Given that Hope Show cost $21,000 weekly dollars to produce, while Marlowe cost just $4,000, Pepsin was getting a bargain. By the end of summer, Marlowe was the highest-rated summer replacement series on the air. <laughs>